0: Hello, Vaheguru Ji Ka Khalsa, Vaheguru Ji
1: Fateh. Vaheguru Ka Ki Fateh.
0: Vaheguru Fateh. Now, the question that actually came up was that uh, in these times, many people don't know what the Gurdwara Reform Movement was. And it basically starts off from the fact that the Sakan Nankana, the Nankana Sahih uh, Massacre, that's something which people don't know at all today. And that's what the discussion was supposed to be about and it will be, but do you know that the gurdwara reform movement is actually linked to a very particular event which happened in the late 1800s at Hazur Sahib? Uh,
1: tell me about it.
0: Okay, so this is quite a interesting one because um, if you look at it from a particular perspective, it might not be so fundamentally interlinked with the gurdwara reform movement of the you know the early 20th century but there is a story here and the story starts with when the sikh empire finally falls after the second anglo-sikh war the british take over lahore the entire administration and the sikh empire is annexed to the rest of india <clears throat> now During these times, the British were finally compelled to burn quite a lot of Sikh literature and Sikh hams because the Sikhs were proving very troublesome. We had Bikram Singh Bedi, we had the sons of Hari Singh Narva, we had Pai Maharaj Singh, quite a lot of people rebelling against the British. And there was a bit of a sentiment among the British that somehow you have to rein in the Sikhs. And you need to do it through the Gurdwaras because the Gurdwaras were where the Sikhs were gathering and, you know, they were being, uh, well, the British would say, instigated or provoked rebellion against them. And so they started questioning people around them, their psychophants, their informers, and they were told something very interesting. And this advice actually came from Patiala, as usual. The uh, so-called monarchy in Patyara informed them about an individual named Mitab Singh. And Mitab Singh was a nirmala. Now, if you look at the history of the nirmalas, there are gaps down there, and there is a lot of doubt cast on them as well. Now, the you know, the classic story runs that Guru Gobind Singh Ji wanted his Sikhs to learn Sanskrit. The pundits at Anandpur refused to teach them Sanskrit. Now, why Guru Gobind Singh Ji would have pundits at Sanskrit if he was so opposed to the caste system beats me. Anyhow, Guru Gobind Singh Ji chooses five Sikhs to go to uh, Kashi and learn Sanskrit from the pundits there. Now, <laughs> one of the bigger problems here is that, you know, if the pundits at Anadapur were refusing to teach the Sikhs Sanskrit there, how would they agree to teach them Sanskrit at Kashi? Has someone actually thought about that?
1: Um, here is something that you that you need to think about. Hmm. So at that time, the caste system was very, very strong, yeah? Yeah. And Sanskrit could only be taught to high caste people, yeah? Yes. So that means, Guru Gobind Singh, uh, would have needed to send the so-called high caste Sikhs. Hmm, hmm, yep. Do you, just, do you understand my point?
0: Yes, I understand your point. Now, interestingly enough, when they say five Sikhs went to Kashi, First part is that they've never agreed upon the names other than Pai Dea Singji, and we know Pai Dea Singhji was a Jat, and juts were considered a lower caste then. Even today, they're considered lower castes. So, they, uh, yep. So, there is no question of Pai Dea Singji being taught, you know, Sanskrit and Kashi. The second thing is, we don't have any agreement on the names of those other Sikhs, what happened in Kashi and whatever, so, you know, it's essentially a tale which doesn't seem to have any tangible evidence to back it up.
1: Well, uh, it has to be true that there, there is no point in learning Sanskrit when all the other nine gurus refuse to, refuse to do it.
0: Yes, and then comes another interesting part that, you know, then Guru Gobind Singh, he desired that these particular Sikhs teach, uh, you know, Sikhi through a Vedantic perspective. Now, on one hand, Baba Nanak is saying that there is Gurmat gurmukhi gurbani gurmukh you know there is a whole different package of perspective which is a sikh perspective why it would need to be intermingled with something which gurbani rejects is beyond you know any sane person and then you need to consider this as well that did the guru sport conversions through subterfuge that you're actually using a perspective which you reject to teach people about sikhi and bring them into sikhi how's that you know making those people's faith and Sikhi strong when, you know, the very foundations have been built through a lie.
1: Yep, you are correct here.
0: Yep. Now, whatever their origins, however they started, basically we know that by the time the British came into India, into Punjab, now, initially speaking, what had happened was that the Nirmalas and Dudasis were running, you know, Sikh shrines, uh, Sikh Gurdwara as well, the Khalsa was in the jungles. But we also know there was a history of conflict between them and the Sikhs. I mean, just as single while, actually kicked Gopal Dasudasi out of Amritsar, uh, particularly Darbar Sahib. And he placed janchal uh, Singh as head granthi of Darbar Sahib in lieu of, you know, Gopal Dasudasi. We know that Baba Dial Singh Narankari opposed both the Dasis and the Nirmalas. Anyhow, Ranjit Singh's patronage brought them out to the fore. And there was a reason here as well, because if you look at the structure of these uh of the Nirmla's particularly, most of them were, you know, quite educated and literate. Now the Sikh Missile Sadars failed to provide a universal and comprehensive educational policy to the Sikhs. And they had to rely on these people, like the Nirmla's, to, you know, go around and do all the stuff which an educational bureaucrat or a bureaucracy would be expected to do. And from there, they spread out and had a lot of influence. And, of course, Maharaja Ranjit Singh, as a king, had to justify his reign on religious lines, and they came in handy for him to do that. Now, the Sikh Empire falls, and what the British are advised to do is that they need to get Matab Singh over, So they bring Matab Singh over as well. Now, history records that this particular Matab Singh, his parents had died during a young age. He was an orphan, but he was a rich orphan. So he became a Nirmala. And they charge him with something. They tell him, look, we need to rein in the Sikhs. We need to get rid of, you know, uh, aggressors such as the Nihangs. We need to silence men like Bikram Singh Beddi. All these people are doing, they're doing from Gurdwaras. We need you to take over the Gurdwaras. And Matab Singh decides, okay, but how do you want me to do that? And they tell him, look, we will finance you to start an institute, a body, an organization. After that, leave the rest up to us, just follow our instructions. So, Mathab Singh founded what is known as the Tara Maduja Akhara. And how this Akhara worked was that, you know, the for first example being, you know the Taksali Kirpan today. That Kirpan by no means is a weapon. If you were to use it as a weapon, it's going to break your hand. What do you agree?
1: Uh, wood is uh, too small and ineffective, in I'd say.
0: And that handle altogether isn't made for, you know, any conflictual purposes. It's just for sure. You you would break your own hand pretty much. This was brought in by the Taramduja Dujakara. They went a bit further. Now, they knew that in the Punjab, the Sikhs had enough memory that they wouldn't eat in utensils made of mud. They wouldn't wear orange or saffron so what these nirmalas did what Nathab singh did was that you know all the orange clad nirmalas he had them transported outside the punjab to you know spread whatever the there or the what the british told him to spread as sikhi among the sikhs outside the punjab in the punjab he had white wearing nirmalas with the taksali kirpans march out from the akharas headquarters and go to gurdwaras punjab wide and start preaching what we today call sant math
1: Oh, you're stepping on a landmine here, mate.
0: <laughs> Anyhow, an anti-tank one. An anti-tank one. Anyhow, if you look at it from those late, from the late 1800 period up until the Sengsaba, despite having probably more than any other faith, what I actually mean is that Sikhs had more preaching institutes than any other faith. Sikhi was effectively reduced to Amritsar alone, and that too into a few families. I mean, whereas the Sikh population is supposed to have reached around 9 million during the empire era alone, it was below 1 million by the end of the 1800s, because people were converting out of the faith. They did not know what the faith was. And as we discussed last time, there was that issue where these boys wanted to convert to Christianity and the Sangh Sabha started
1: and and you, uh, and you all, also must remember and most Sikhs cannot digest this there, there was some conversion from Sikh to Islam in that period
0: there were there were now what happened down here is that the british started installing sarabras or managers who were derived from among corrupt nehangs corrupt Adassis corrupt nirmalas to start taking care of gurdwaras i mean essentially speaking the british knew that the gurdwara wasn't solely a religious place of worship it was more than that. It was you know what bound Sikhs together. So if you break that glue which binds you know a Sangat together, you have effectively worn over the Sangat. And we also had attacks by Orientalists such as Trump, who started you know demeaning the Guru Granth Sahib, providing fake translations and whatnot. Then we had our own, you know individuals, so Deepan, saying of Thar Singh Vahira, who wrote the Kalsataram Shastra in which uh, it's argued that low castes can't come into gurdwaras women can't come into Gurdwaras, they aren't allowed to be initiated into the Khalsa. We had all this, uh, you can say, period of and Sakhi start mm-hmm. right there. And during this intellectual offensive, what happens is that the Nirmalas, a group of Nirmalas by now, these Taramduja Kara Nirmalas, they became the supreme masters of Punjab's Gurdwaras through direct control or proxy. And they traveled to Kashi, and at Kashi, there was an issue between them and some odasis, and they had the Odassis detained. Now, all these nirmalas did was they went to the police and told them who they were, and the British police was you know, pretty much uh, conversant with what was happening to Sikhs, decided, look, we're going to chuck the Odassis into jail. Now, this inebriated these nirmalas to quite a massive degree, and they decided, okay, look, we are going to Hazur Sahib. And at Hazur Sahib, they were met by uh, Nihang Jathadar Devasingh, that was his name. Now, at Hazur Sahib, before Deva Singh, they used to refuse to initiate women into Sikhi, but if they did, they used to do it through a Kirpan and not a Khanda. They had a different sort of a binary going on to initiate women into Sikhi, and uh, Deva Singh stopped that practice. So, he greeted them on the steps of, you know, Takht Hazur Sahib, and asked them who they were. And the Nirmala said that we are the original Sikhs of Guru Nanak, and we have come to pay obeisance at, you know, his 10th successor shrine. And You know, Deva Singh was pretty smart. He knew Sikh history as well. He asked them to justify their existence. They tried misquoting Gurbani. Deva Singh got into a debate with them. Ultimately, he gave them a, you know, a bit of caution. Either they take off their tautis and their uh, dresses and put on the panjikakars, retake Amrit, ask for forgiveness and come in as khalses, or otherwise they could just stay outside Hazur Sahib. And they laid siege to Hazur Sahib. They refused to agree with Devasing, and they laid siege to Hazur Sahib. Ultimately, what happened was this siege lasted for 18 months. Various factions tried, you know, brokering a truce. Neither side was willing to give up until ultimately a band of Nirmalas tried forcing entry into Hazur Sahib. The Sikhs inside fought back and 20 lives were lost before the British finally broke up the conflict. And the next year, what happened is that these very same Nirmalas went to Anandapur Sahib. Down there, coincidentally, the name of the Jathedar of Anandapur at the time, who was a Nihang, was Deva Singh as well. And he published a letter asking which guru started their, uh, you know, Samprada and all that sort of stuff. This is all quoted in, uh, the, in the Master's Presence, Volume 1, the Sikhs of Azur Sahib. Now... When all this was happening, there was this question of who was a Sikh and how should Sikh Gurdwaras be run. So the Sikhs of Azurza formulated a new code of conduct for the Khalsa, you know, something different from the corrupted ones. And this was, if I remember correctly, was called the Dastar ul-Amal or Dastar ul Asol. It had a Farsi name. And this was actually given to Gyana Singh who was the veteran of the Buddha Dal who had fought in the Anglo-Sikh wars, and he and two others brought it back to the Punjab. And there they presented it to, you know, Chamkor Sahib, Nandapur Sahib, Damdama Sahib, uh, the Gurdwaras around Darbar Sahib, various Sikh intellectuals. Ultimately, this document had over 30, 40 signatures from leading Sikh personalities of the day. Now, here's the thing. This document says that, Sikhs, if they want to be recognized as Sikhs, need to take Kande Bhattida Amrit, they need the five kakars. Important to note that this was before the Singh Sabah. Now, the Singh Sabah is accused of bringing the five kakars into Sikhi. Actually, this document mentions it maybe 30 to 40 even, you know, yeah, quite a substantial period of amount before the Singh Sabha was started. So, from that day onwards, there was this massive battle between, you know, anti-Sikh factions and Sikh factions to control Gurdwara's. And this is where the Gurdwara reform movement was actually born, in my opinion. Hmm, okay. And, yep. And then on October 1st, 1873, we obviously, you know, had the Seng Sabha born and, you know, the rebellious factions at Akal, Takthazursa, Patna Sabha, Nandpur, everyone spotted it. And then after that, as we will get into the gist of it, we had the Panch Khalsa Devan Tat Khalsa, until we ultimately had the Kali Dal. But the thing was that our Gurdwaras needed reform from day one because they had been taken over by people who had no knowledge of Gurmat, did not practice Gurmat at all, were Sikhs only in name, and the heinous crimes which occurred therein are a spine-chilling tale on their own.
1: I understand what you're talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at it this way, Would the Akalis have been born had the Gurdwara Reform Movement not been needed? I do not know. But the fact is that when we deal with reality, we need to actually admit that because they came out, because the Akalis actually came, our Gurdwaras were safe. And today, it is evident that, you know, much water has passed under the bridge, and old institutes have it profit away. But there is a history down here which isn't even recounted in Gurdavaras anymore. How many preachers have you heard talk about the Gurdavar reform movement in your life?
1: None, absolutely none.
0: And do you think there is actually a logic behind this, a reason behind this?
1: Uh, the reason why they don't preach about this or inform yep. people about it, yeah, of course, because you have to remember that, uh, if a reform was needed then than the reform is needed today. Mm,
0: mm, mm. <clears throat> I mean, up till 1883, when British uh, journalists or anyone visited the Darbar Sahib, this is one of the foremost examples which I wanted to clear up. Now, the Darbar Sahib consists of two uh, structures, Harmandar Sahib and akal Tat Sahib. And they would note that in the Harmandar Sahib, there is the Guru Granth Sahib, Prakash of Guru Granth Sahib. Even though there was a Nirmala administration there and they did quite a lot of, uh, you can say what, you know, today is considered anti-gurmat practices around there, like, you know, they would uh, sort of just die it like an idol, the Guru Granth Sahib, rather than, you know, follow its injunctions. Anyhow, <clears throat> there were no idols inside Harmandar Sahib, none inside the Kaltak side. Sahib, However, there was no marble perimeter around the Darbar side as there is today. That was only built in the 20th century. So what had happened under Ranjit Singh was that if you look at the geography of Amritsar, their city was actually developed so misshapenly because every time the enemy came in, they had a hard time negotiating those alleys and streets. There was such uh, blind corners, blind turns. So it gave the Sikhs time to, you know, sort of retreat or fight them on their own terms.
1: Well, Amritsar is famous for its narrow streets, especially around Darbar Sahib.
0: Yeah. So, what had happened was around Darbar Sahib, uh, we had Guruka Bag extending all around it. So, what had happened was the few kilometers of land which were cleared away, all the Sufi shrines, businesses, and Hindu temples had encroached on that land. Now, at the time of Ranjit Singh, the crop nobility never actually said anything. I mean, the last individual to make a big deal about this was Chanchal Singh. Chanchal Singh kicked them out from around the Darbar side, but then once again, everyone came in back when he died. Akali Pula Singh had a bit of a luck, but then when Akali Pula Singh died, you know, Ranjit Singh pretty much laid them back in again. So what happened was that in 1905, members of the Tatkalsa Khalsa gathered, and they affected the removal of all these structures from around the Darbar's precincts or from within the Darbar's precincts Now, here's something interesting. The Tatkalsa Khalsa was fighting with Darya's Maj. And up till this point, the Arya Smarth was saying that Sikhs are not Hindus. The Sikhs are different from Hindus. The Sikhs worship a book. This is what they were saying. The Sikhs worship a book. What's the point behind worshipping a book? Now, the day that Tatkalsa actually went to court and said, "We want the land around their bar side back," it, the judge asked them, "That can you give me evidence that this is this land particularly is belonging to their bar side? So they brought up many historical records. Then the matter really became what the Arya Smaj started now was, did a very uh, big U-turn. It turned around and said, well, wait a second, why are they removing those mandirs, those idols from their bar side when when they're part of their bar side, they were put there by the Sikh gurus. All this after arguing that the gurus uh, never worshipped, you know, idols or stone structures, massive U-turn. Anyhow, the Tat Khalsa actually provided evidence. This turned into a religious clash. And finally, what the British uh, did was they invited impartial authorities from all over India to come and judge whether Sikhi allowed these structures or not. And it was found after reading Gurbani, it was found after reading, you know, uh, contemporary sources and historical sources, that those temples had encroached on Sikh land Sikhi never believed in idol worship, doesn't even today, and so it was ruled in 1905 that the Darbar Sahib administration had to remove those structures from around the Darbar. Now, of course, the hue and cry raised is that you know these are uh, snat and murtis were removed from the Darbar Sahib by Jat Sikhs. Now, the Tat Khalsa wasn't predominantly Jat. Second thing you need to remember is we had Sufi shrines, Christian churches and other businesses and other structures removed from there as well. No one made a big deal about it except the Arya's march.
1: Well, uh, as a 100% organic, homegrown jat, I must defend my community. We didn't do it.
0: Yep. Because if you look at it, the Tata Khalsa also argued for something else. And that was to allow lower castes and women into those Gurdwaras, particularly the Barsad as well. <clears throat> and even if they were composed of Jats, I don't think those Jats were castists at all.
1: No, no uh, you have to remember that I have my own family history in this I actually have got souls from that time period that, that, that were given after we had successfully taken the Gurdwaras back into the Sikh fold.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you need to remember that 1905 was a watershed event. It was a you know watershed year, a milestone in what the Tat Khalsa achieved. After these uh, idols were effectively removed from around the bar side, the Sufi shrines closed. Now, of course, many Muslim organizations and Christian organizations made a big hue and cry about it, that you know these were placed there by the Gurus, except the Tat Khalsa stuck to its guns. Sikhs were told of their history, what Sikhi entails. And the greatest irony was that the first two idols to be removed from around the Barzai were two, you know, statues of Guru Hargobind. That was the biggest irony for the people arguing that they had been placed there by the, you know, gurus themselves. Now, after 1905, the Tat Khalsa pretty much turned its attention towards Gurdwara reform. Now, the Tat Khalsa was actually, you know, made up of Singh Sabha Lahore supporters who were, practicing lawyers, practicing, you know, advocates, teachers, and students and the like. So what had happened was they realized that the British were there to stay. So let's use the British educational, the Western educational system against them. This would save us a lot of heartache in terms of, you know, men and lives. Because the other alternative, which men like Thakur Singh Sandhan Baliever suggesting, was that, you know, pick up your guns and fight the British on the field of battle, which was impossible.
1: Uh, if I if I remember correctly, uh, Khalsa College, uh, either Amritsar or Lailpur, was founded in 1891.
0: Yes, I believe it was Amritsar by Professor Gurmukh Singh. Okay, yeah. So the first thing that that Khalsa did for Gurdwara reform was it established the Sikh Missionary College in 1908. Before that, it established the Chief Khalsa Devan in 1907. Then in 1908, future Maharaja, of jetho rip daman singh uh, of naba rip daman singh who was actually uh dethroned by the british and that led to the jetho agitation he introduced the Ananda marriage bill in the punjab legislative council now at that time this bill was heavily opposed by the aryas Maj, by you know uh factions of the taramduja Kara, dasi supporters and even the congress But the fact was that that bill articulated nothing new. It just underlined how Sikhs had married before the Ranjit Singh era, before the corruption, and that on those grounds, Sikhs should be marrying like that again because the Sikhs have their own marriage rights. So nothing new in the bill as it was made out to be. Now, in 1909, the Arya Smaj and the Tat Khalsa clashed again. And this was over the fact that, you know, the Arya bold, uh, boldly proclaimed its intent to convert Chalandhar's inferior castes to its fold. The few who actually, you know, underwent the Shuddhi ceremony which the Arya Smudge had, they later revealed to the press that, you know, the elder Aryas were refusing to partake of food along with them on caste grounds. So, you know, catching on to this point, the Tak Khalsa converted them to Sikhi and their population increased, obviously. Um, now, true. Yep. Now, in 1910, the Sikh educational conference was done. And at that time, what happened was that the Nirmalas and Udasis, the corrupt ones, actually you know, published several pamphlets and distributed them among the people at the conference, which had filthfully mistranslated passages from the Guru Granth, justifying what they were doing. But then again, on another hand, the Akali movement had started embryonically, even though the name wasn't there. The irony was that boy factions were fighting for Gurdwaras, but boy factions were fighting for more than just Gurdwaras. They're fighting for the soul and spirit of Sikhi. So if I may, I will actually recount a particular incident from Kartar Singh Jabbar's life. Now, Kartar Singh Jabbar, when he was younger, he actually studied Sikhi and became a preacher. He converted thousands into Sikhi. Uh, Did massive Amrit Sanchar's and it was around 1990-1980 that chabbar actually went to a Gurdwara to do Prachar of Sikhi. And in the village, he saw many turban wearing youth and he asked them that, what are your last names? And they said, Plana Plana Sangha, Plana Plana Sangha, Plana Plana Sangha. And Chabar told them that, look, it's the evening, thing, let's do the Hira Sabda part." And they said, we don't know what Hira Sabda part is. And he said, come to the Gurdwara. They said, sure. When they reached the Gurdwara, there was a traveling troop of pimps down there with a prostitute and he asked, well, what's going to happen here? And they said a mujra, which is, you know, like a dance, a desi strip type of thing. And he asked them, where are you going to do this? And they said within the Gurdwara. And Jabba turned around and asked them, are you mad? And because there were so many of them, he had to beat a retreat. But they told him, well, look, our forefathers have been doing this for a few generations. So this is the way things are. This is what a Gurdwara is for. This is how, you know, Sikhi had been forgotten in the Punjab, how deeply Sikhi was, you know, wounded by the anti-Sikh factions. So now what happened was that Jabbar gathered other men around him and these men and women pretty much had the same idea as him. Jathe Arur Singh, who was the manager of Darbar Sahib, his uh, acolytes, Gurbak Singh, Bedi and the like, they had left no stone unturned in arguing that what was happening in Gurdwaras at the time was justified. Now, you know, we had accounts of rape coming from Gurdwaras, drugs, all the things which used to happen in Pujari Vadi deras back in Baba Nanak's days were happening down here as well in Gurdwaras in the 20s and before the 1920s. Katar Singh Jabbar Karak Singh and several hundred others gathered and they said we need to do something. And they had history to rely on. And this history, starting from Hazur Sahib, even before Hazur Sahib regarding Sikh reform movements, they decided we need to liberate Gurdwaras. The law isn't going to help us. The, you know, elder generation of Akali Hangs, they've become former shadows of themselves. They don't care. We need to rely on Guru-mandated tradition from the Guru Granth Sahib, and become ready to lay down our life for our Gurdwaras. We need to change the structure of Gurdwaras. Liberating them was the first step. Changing their structure was the second step. And the Tat Khalsa joined them as well. So now what happened was they got together. They had staves, daggers, swords. They presented a unique spectacle, The Dakalis. They used to go wherever these men, they used to call themselves Dakalis. The that's how the Akali Dal was born. Akali is being, you know, the immortal warriors of, you know, Guru Satchipat So what they used to do was they used to go to a Gurdwara, give a memorandum to the Mahant in charge, the Masand. And what would happen is that they would sit down and, you know, say this is their memorandum, you need to leave or you need to do this. Do you accept it or not? If they accept it peacefully, fine. They used to get a contract signed up with a lawyer present saying that, you know, now this Gurdwara is under the control of the Sangat. If not, then they used to get a bit more kark, you know, a bit more forceful. Yep. And the first thing the Kalis did was that they got Arur Singh kicked out of the Darbar side. After all, Arur Singh had actually, you know, given a siropa to General Dyer for, you know, massacring those indi- uh, those people in the Jariyawala Bagh. And what's more is that he had carried out a Amrit Sanchar ceremony for Dyer and uh, it was a it was a charade from the start. And Dyer had actually told him at the Kaal Tak that, look, I'm not going to cover my head inside the Kaal Tak, and I'm going to keep on smoking. And Arur Singh pretty much turned around and said that, you know, you've done such a great service uh, for humanity. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you an exception that you don't need to listen to such a pacha. You can keep on smoking and not cover your head, not have the Sikh appearance. This is how low that his conduct was. So... First, the Kalis got him kicked out of the Darbar side. Much to Aroor Singh's credit, he went yet quietly, never raised a fuss about it. He was crying after he realized that, you know, the people had turned against him. Then they liberated Babedi Ber Gurdwaran, which is currently in Pakistan.
1: Now, yep. In, in uh, uh, the area near Narawal, across the
0: yep, yep. Now, what had happened was that the British had realized that they had been outsmarted as far as the Sikhs were concerned. The Sikhs were using their own law, own education, own spirit of inquiry against them. So they slowly started retreating from the Gurdwara corner, and these Mahants were pretty much left to their own devices. Now, Mahants, they were pretty much the individuals who were given charge of Gurdwaras. It became a hereditary sort of thing. Whether a Mahant was good or not did not ultimately matter to the Kalis, because, you know, for example, Mahant around Das, who we are going to discuss now. He was in charge of Nankana Sahib. And Mahantanarayan Das is supposed to have actually spent a countless hoard of money on renovating you know, Nankana Sahib and setting up quite a lot of institutes to look after, well, this is being said with irony, look after the welfare of you know travellers. Except what this welfare consisted of was looting the travellers what these gurdwaras were built for was for, for attracting the more gullible and the credulous, so he could rob them as well. Today our problem is that we just look at one part of the story. Now, if we look at Mahantanarandas and read that he built gurdwaras, we are going to say not all Mahants are bad, but we fail to judge the intent behind their activities. Um, if. I, if I'm a month, say for example I'm a man. I'm building Gurdwaras, I'm, you know, collecting money for lots of, uh, you know, societal reformation purposes. What really is my intent? Mahant Narandas did all this, and he still went and raped a young girl in his in Nankana Sahib itself. Would we say that all his good works were justified, or was it that he had a malicious intent all along?
1: Well, uh, we have to remember that it's not just one thing that got caught. There might be 100 things that are buried.
0: Yes, yes, that's, that's another thing. And you need to understand that those Akalis, Kartar Singh, Jabbar, Karak Singh, all of them, all those men and women, they had brains enough to know that let's not fall for what's on the outside. Let's also look at an individual's inside as well.
1: And there was okay. Uh, We we must remember here that returning soldiers from the First World War had a major role to play in this movement.
0: Yes, they did. They did.
1: And they had seen the world. They were exposed to new ideas, Hmm. and they felt the need that uh, we need to do something about our own people when the when the entire world is fighting each other based on the notion of a nation state.
0: Yes. Yes. Another aspect down here was the Gadar movement. We had a lot of revolutionary movements going on. And as for the Akalis, they first wanted to liberate their Gurdwaras because when a Sikh knows his religion is safe, his Gurdwara is safe, he will do anything for the common panth. But first, that common panth's essence needs to be safe. Now, if I was to give an example down here, it is said that Guru Gobind Singh ji burnt some Masands alive at Anandpur. The story, the first time we encountered this story is in the Sri Gurpanth Prakash of Pratant Singh Pangu, written nearly 200 years after Guru Gobind Singh What the original Guru Mukhi says in all of the manuscripts we have found so far is that what the Masands did was they acquired a copy of the Guru Granth Sai and they burnt it. So, in anger, some Nehangs encountered them they grabbed them dragged them out of their houses and then they burnt them alive and reported the matter to guru gobind singh ji and guru gobind singh ji told them that you know you should not have gone and done such a you know atrocious deed on them but the fact is that if you look at those masands those masands were community leaders of their time because they had the money but the intent the intent was nothing more than malicious they were looting the people robbing the people Anyone who deadens your brain in the name of religion or in the name of, you know, socialism or whatever, in the name of politics, capitalism, whatever, they actually have a malicious intent, even though they might be the ones feeding you your daily bread every day. And this mm. is something we haven't realized up till today, have we, even though history is blankly staring us in the face?
1: Well, now, well, uh, uh, Just look around yourself, how many people are actually interested in learning about the past?
0: Not many? Not many. Now, you know, Zakaria Khan, the day Zakaria Khan died, all the rich Hindus and Muslims of Lahore were outside on the streets tearing their hair and, you know, weeping, weeping so much that they raised a veil throughout the city, even into the jungles where the Sikhs were. And when some Sikhs inquired from pastors by what had happened, and they were told that, you know, Saint Zakaria Khan has died. Even today, Zakaria Khan's mausoleum in Lahore, they actually, some individuals deem him a saint. Yep. And similarly, there were people who used to call Mahantan Das a saint as well.
1: Well, I, I, I uh, think that was the, how do I say, the fashion at that time.
0: Now, these months, we're pretty much taking inspiration from what had happened in you know, the pre-Guru Nanak era, you know, when the Pujari was supreme, 101%. And on those very grounds, what happened was now, what happened before Nunkana Sahib. now before that massacre happened was on October 12th, 1920, if memory uh, serves me correctly, Several hundred low caste converts to Sikhi, including a Muslim convert to Sikhi, accompanied members of the Tat Khalsa to the Darbar Sahib and there they offered Parshad as a sign of gratitude to the Guru and the Panth for letting them into the Khalsa. The Nirmalas forbade them and actually tried assaulting them down there. Now, what happened was that these lower caste converts reacted with great fury and a furious argument broke out. And in this fighting, quite a lot of people were bleeding, turbans torn off, and then someone said, why can't we, you know, take a Vak from the Guru gun side?" And then Vak pretty much said that there is no caste. And then these converts moved to the Kaal Takht and those Nirmalas ran away. So <laughs> when they ran away, that's when the Kalis decided that, look, we're going to take over the Kaal Takht today. We need a committee to replace these people. And that's how the SGPC was born.
1: It's, it's almost a tragedy that the caste made such a quick comeback when the gurus have been fighting for it for more than three hundred years.
0: They they pretty much deserted their posts. They ran away, saying that look, the low castes have entered here; they have polluted us. And yeah, yeah, it goes no, no, to this
1: is impure.
0: Yep, and it goes to the credit of the you know individuals who finally actually made this. Uh, ad hoc committee, Professor Teja Singh, Bava Harkishan Singh, Tejja Singh, Bhuchar, Kartar Singh, Jabbar, and several others, uh, including uh, Kapoor Singh, they were all low-castes.
1: They considered low-castes. Considered low-castes. Yep. Or so-called low caste.
0: And when this idea of the SGPC was first breached, over 175 leading Sikh intellectuals from all over India and beyond actually came over and they had a massive debate, and then the SGPC was born. And on December 12, 1920, the SGPC announced its aim to coordinate the various Akali bodies who were acting as the legislative forum for all Sikh Gurdwaras globally and also liberating Gurdwaras. So by 1921, the Kalis and the SUPC were on full throttle to the degree that the Mahants were actually beginning to run away. And more prudent among the Mahants were just surrendering the Gurdwaras to the Kalis and going to jail for their crimes. This, this was how successful we were in the past.
1: Yes, we were, and people were <clears throat> how do I say they were determined, and they were charged to do something for the calm and for the Panth, yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, my grandfather was telling me even if you if if you know listeners have the time, always talk to your bajurgs and Gurdwaras, elders, some of them will still remember how akalis used to come men and women in black the malas, black the stars, you know blue turbans, blue uh the stars. With black kurta pajamas or you know blue kurta pajamas, kamarkasas around their waist, white kurtas, armed with a variety of weapons and the spectacle to see the akalis marching into your village, into your pend or into your local gurdwara. Sometimes, you know, they were saying that uh one incident I was told was that you know there was a man who was in the habit of, you know, being quite a sexual pervert towards women, and he made a snide comment and someone shouted out Age Akali, Age Akali and he ran away from there such was the fear of datalish and yep. if you if you look at men like kartar singh Jabbar, they had no problem in talking with you peacefully but if you didn't understand the language of peace they would let their dhang do the talking as well
1: okay oh uh, that reminds me of something yep the story i read about kartar singh jabbar uh, was uh, jabbar was his village yeah yes the story is that that he was actually how do I say a looter, a gangster. He had his own gang. Hmm. They were going on a looting mission. Yep. Well there was a like a, a, a Sikh Darbar going on. You no. Know, somebody was yes. preaching, yeah. Yep. And he, he said, We'll wait it out here and then leave some, you know, at, at daybreak or something. Yep because this 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 Sikh gathering was early in the morning at dawn. Yep. And they said that it was there upon hearing Gurbani and uh, upon listening to the lecture that his heart changed. Mm. At, at that very moment, he said, I'm not going with you. This is my, the mission of my life now.
0: Mm-hmm-hmm.
1: This is what I have heard about him. I don't know how true this is, but this is how he came into the fold of Sikh well, proper, Sikhi, and this is how, how how he became what he became later.
0: Well, I mean, that's undeniable that all these men and women had an early brush with violence in their young lives. So I'm not sure how authentic this tale of Jabbar is. There is a lot of mythology being made about him all the time. Anyhow, it speaks volumes to the fact that if this did happen, that, you know, how effective Gurmat Pachao can be if it's done properly.
1: Yes, and, and you also have to th- think the other part of the story, that this, this guy already knew how to be violent and use force, but now he was armed with knowledge.
0: Armed with knowledge. And that's a dangerous combination for any Pujari vadi structure. True. Uh, if I remember correctly, Jabbar, including, you know, Karak Singh, Tejas Singh and many of these others, they had actually... Uh, there was an incident in Lahore where there were riots organized against the British. The British had a hand in it themselves to silence the more vocal Sikh youth, uh, more vocal Indian youth, I should say. And Jabbar had actually been deported to the Andaman Islands once. He stayed there for several years with uh, you know, revolutionaries from San Francisco and the USA. And that solidified his stance on Sikhi as well. And for all the... for. For those first few months, his family didn't know where he was. It was more a case of him trying to sneak home and he was arrested and chucked into a train and then taken to jail. Only after a few months when a friend of his in jail actually wrote a letter back home that they learned he was there in jail. But during that time, the family was in Chardikla. You know, there was no tension that, you know, something had happened to him. What his father is uh, on record saying is that if he's become a Sheed, then that's my good luck. If he's alive, he's still my good luck.
1: Yeah, always
0: in high spirit, Chardikala. And these were the Akalis, you know, the Sakali Dal, these Akalis were formed because the structure, the environment they grew up on was pro-Sikh, despite the attacks on Sakhi at the time. So now these Akalis, these men and women, have liberated Gurdwaras. They formed the SGPC in the Punjab Legislative uh, Assembly, the pro-Christian, pro-Muslim, pro-British, and even the Indian National Congress has been silenced by their uh, debaters, by the Kali debaters, by the SGPC. So now comes the biggest uh, incident which gave the Kali's great Philip. We know in 1921, by early 1921, they were on full throttle. So now comes another incident, and that is the Mount Rang incident. The most notorious month happened to be in Marantanara and thus had control of Nankana Sahib. He was Audasi month and he was in charge of Nankana Sahib and its property. If we read the records of the time, his depravity was immeasurable. There was gang rape in the Gurdwara, pedophilia, human trafficking and whatnot. And before him, they used to have a more... Uh, humane Mahant. But the Sangats were fed up with his predecessors as well because really they weren't teaching what was Gurmath. Professor Gurmukh Singh, Baba Dial Singh, Narankari, Baba Ram Singh, they had written, you know, the Sikhs to the fact that no matter how good a person is, if he's in charge of your Gurdwara, if she's in charge of your Gurdwara, they need to be preaching Gurmath. I mean, for example, I'll give you a little example down here. Let's say we have a Christian missionary He's helped people all his life. Would we make him jatedar of the Kaum or the pump? No. Guru Gobind Singh ji met Banda Singh Bhaddir. He never made Madhu Das Biragi or, you know, some records say Lakshman Das Biragi, the commander of the Khalsa forces in the Punjab. He made Banda Singh Bhadar commander of the Khalsa forces in the Punjab.
1: True, yeah.
0: So on those very grounds, these months had to be kicked out of the Gurdwaras. Now, of course, today we have a lot of these idiot hobbyists running around on, you know, Twitter on social media. or oh, not all months were bad? They're never, never able to give any substantial examples of, you know, who wasn't a bad month or how that month confirmed, to, you know, Gurmat.
1: Well, uh, the question we should be asking them is: This is—is is our facts a democracy?
0: Hmm
1: do we need to weigh in all Mahant versus one bad Mahant? And I say, okay, all all months are not bad. So there was, we we must let this corrupt institute continue.
0: Hmm. Now, the fact was that as an institute now, you mentioned at the Mahant Institute was this, one Mahant, one religious individual had full power in a Gurdwara. And it reached a point where he had full power over life and death as well. Well, uh,
1: uh, yeah, and... Uh, if, if you read the old records that I have, the yep. word man, Mahant is never mentioned without the uh, adding the uh, suffix G, Mahant Mahantji, like he was yep. some some sort of great leader or something.
0: Yes. Now, whatever, you know, the rest of the Dasis, Nirmalas, Nihangs, whatever they believed, we don't know. But when we are talking about the corrupt individuals, we will say this fully and people will agree with us that they had to be kicked out of the Gurdwaras. What happened in Nankana Sahib was this, that around early, late 1920, a Sindhi family came to pay, you know, obeisance at the Gurdavara, thank Baba Nanak for, uh, you know, allowing their business to, you know, do great traki, succeed in their endeavours. And they had a young teenage girl and she caught Narayan Das's fancy. This was, you know, in the police records at the time. That night... He had the parents tied up, dragged her out of her room and raped her continually in his own rooms. She was screaming and crying and he even told her that, you know, countless other women and girls have been shouting and screaming like you and here these walls are witness to their cries. After that, this is how, you know, fallen he was, how devilish. He invited all of his men one by one to come and have their turn with her. And and this was in Baba Nanak's birthplace. So the next day her father goes out and he reports the matter to the police. The police do not take much notice of it because the Indian officials were hand in lieu with uh, hand in with the Mahant. So Narandas paid them off. The British officials they knew that Naranda still had a bit of power, they couldn't do much against him. They turned away and the and you know what the Indian society is like to victims of rape? How they hounded that family out of, um, you know, Nankana Sahib. Finally, finally they heard about the kalis and they approached, you know, the kalis at Amritsar that do something about us. This is what has happened to us. Give us retribution. Get us justice. And Kartar Singh, Jabbar, Teja Singh, Bachor, all of them got together, all these men and women, members of the SGPC came together, Sangats came together, and they went to Nankana Sahib, and they told Narayan Das that, look, we have brought a memorandum for you. And Narayan Das asked them, what's the memorandum? And they threw it right in front of him. You know, today, if anything happens, we expect a Sikh to go politely and hand it over, put it in the feet to do Darshan come back. At that time, they just grabbed the paper and threw it right at his face and told him, look, read this. And he read what it said. Basically, it offered him this condition that he could shut up and leave quietly and, you know, confront the legal cases which the Kalis and the SGPC were putting on him, or otherwise he could make a big deal and they would come back in full force. He decided to play along and he said, look, I will do what you want me to do. And they told him that, you know, you have never allowed in a counterpart inside this Gordhavara. And he said, true. And they said, look, the Sangat's going to come here and they're going to take over the Gurdwara from you, there will be an part on 20th February 1921. Do you agree? And he said, yes, I do. The day for that part when it was set, what happened was that over 140 Sikhs came along in a nagar Kirtan type procession to Nankana Sahib. They didn't know what was waiting for them. Narayan Das had gathered all the goons, all the fugs, all the fundamentalists of the area, he had armed them. There was more than uh, several tons of kerosene and other uh, flammable liquid inside the Gurdwara. Basically, when the Sangat came in, he had the doors shut behind their backs. And with these doors shut behind their backs, in the morning, he unleashed a carnage which was never seen before. Over 140 people were slain. Lachman Singh Taro, who was one of the heroes of the Kali movement, he was a Granthi Singh, he was actually sitting on the tabia reciting from the Guru Granth Sahib. They grabbed him by the hair, dragged him out, and, you know, as the tail of a tree, there is a, janda, a tree in Nankana Sahib which has come to symbolize this. Among many others, they tied him by the hair to the tree, tied him by the hands, they doused him in kerosene, and there they set him aflame.
1: Upside down.
0: Upside down. Upside down. Even though the whites of his eyes were showing and his teeth were set hard against the measurable pain, the meat was burning off his bones. He kept on shouting out, Bolesonehal, Boles Bolesonehal. And they were so scared that when they finally located his son inside the Gurdwara, they grabbed him out and hacked him to death, saying that he will also fight back like he's dead. Let's kill him. And this boy was only 10 years old. And what had happened, had, that Gurdwara Singh Jabbar had received word of what was about to happen. And he had actually sent a communication out two hours before this massacre transpired. But that communication was never able to catch up with Lachman Sintar or Varya's Jatha. Otherwise, they would have been saved. And Narayan, thus, according to eyewitness testimony, directed the massacre from horseback. He was actually laughing in the face of all the women being raped and the Sikhs being cooked alive. The few survivors who actually managed to emerge, they hid in the fields by jumping off the walls. And then, uh, you know, they related what had happened. The books written on the Nankana side massacre are a few and far in between because most historians don't even know about this. It's only given a few pages, few paragraphs. But over 130 skulls were later recovered and several bucket loads of charred flesh collected. And if I remember correctly, the principal of the Sikh Missionary College at the time had actually gone down there. I can't remember his name. Uh, Gyanilak Singh had actually said this in the Sangat. When he went over there, he actually met several old ladies en route and uh, he was on a horse and a cart and he actually asked them that, you know, please come on to my uh, cart. I'll take you where you want to go. You're, you know, senior citizens, elderly and frail. And they told him that we are the mothers of Sikhs going to Nankana Sahib, And he started crying. And he told them that, you know, this is what has happened at Nankana Sahib, And they said, we know something has happened but we want to go there and see whether our children are alive or not. And he asked them, who were your children with? And they gave him the name Lachman Singh Walia. At that time, he started crying. But those ladies, and this is, this is you know, for people to note, those ladies actually consoled him and said, our only ardas is that we may we be made young again, so we can give birth to more shades for the panth.
1: Always in Chardikala.
0: Always in Chardikala. And that's the movement, that's the movement which they won't tell you about from the Gurdwara stages. Javanna All right. It goes against
1: their interests.
0: It goes against their interests because they know, see, now I've heard this many times that, you know, in the Gurdwara sheet, the, here, the atmosphere has become like this, blah, blah, blah. This movement, if we talk about this movement, those sheets actually come in front of our mind's eyes and we are forced to confront our own fallen habits, our own base character that look what they did for our Gurdwaras and look what we are doing in Gurdwaras today.
1: Yep, just Gorka and Langar, that's it.
0: One of the Gurdwaras I actually went to, now this wasn't a in any Western country, this was in one of the Asian countries, and I guess for confidentiality's sake, I won't say the name. In the corner, they had a picture of the Nankana Sahib massacre, and underneath, they had uh, something written on there. And this is what was written in the Langer Hall, you know, above the picture. <laughs> <laughs> And I know, I know it's something laughable, but if you appreciate your history, your psyche, you would surely agree with that, wouldn't you?
1: <sighs> yeah. Oh, well, uh, if, if, if you have to call out people to not do chugliya, you have already lost.
0: Hmm. Now, what happened was that finally, when the night fell. The British military police actually you know, surrounded the Gurdwara and banned people from going inside because the situation was becoming very uniconfrontational. You know, finally, they received word that 22,000 Akalis and Qatar Singh Jabbar armed to the teeth were actually coming and this finally forced the British military police to step back and only then the Akalis entered inside and saw the carnage which had befallen them. Now, Narayan... Narainu was arrested, and I believe he was later gunned down by uh, the Babbar Akalis or someone from the Komagata Maru. I don't know what actually happened to him. His name goes out of history quite swiftly. <clears throat> but the Akalis won a massive triumph because out of Lachman Sintar Ovalya's ashes arose this massive movement, this massive sport for the Akalis to the degree that all over India, armed Jathas unaffiliated with the Akali Dal and the SGPC marched into gurdwaras to liberate them. It was essentially a battle which the Akalis won without firing a single shot after Nankana, Saka Nankana. <clears throat> now, the only other aspect down here was that on March 3rd, 1921, Mahatma Gandhi and all these other uh, politicians tried hijacking the fruits of the morcha, the fruits of Salkanankana. And they succeeded to a certain degree. Would you agree?
1: Uh, Yep, I would agree with you.
0: However, not all was fell for the Sikhs. The Gurdwara and Shrines Bill of 1922 that was another massive victory which followed on the heels of Saqqan and Qanana. Now, what happened was Sir fazal e hussein head of the Punjab legislature. Father the, say, yeah. yep, this bill was strongly opposed by Sikhs who perceived its scope to be too limited, while the Hindus opposed it for substantiating the unique Sikh identity. So the Arya Smarj and all these other fundamentalist institutes jumped in again to rub you know, salt on the wounds of the Sikhs there were comments made in publications at the time that Saka Nankana was, you know, deserved by the Sikhs. However, given the fact that, you know, the Sikhs were fighting to reform this bill as well, the rest of the months pretty much gave up. And the only last Saka which followed after Nankana was Guru Ka Baag. Jato. Jato. <clears throat> However, after this one, you can pretty much say that the Akali movement succeeded in doing what hadn't happened in a hundred years, and that was restore Gurdwara's back to Sikhs themselves. And there are lessons there for us as well, but these are lessons we have not learned. How many people would know the names of Kartar Singh, Jabbar, Teja Singh, or Teja Singh, Akarpuri today?
1: Probably two out of a hundred, and those two are yeah. you and I.
0: Mm. Now... Looking back at this event all these years later, what do you what lessons do you think we can derive from this today?
1: The very first lesson is that people didn't oppose them because out of fear. That's the first observation because they had no power, yeah? Yep. The second, it took a strong leader to lead a, pe- a people towards a target. Yes. And when... The first battle was won. The first battle was won.
0: Hmm.
1: The momentum picked up. And then it it became widespread that the entire system of Mahant Dasis was uprooted.
0: Uprooted as well. And I guess the other victory which we haven't even talked about was the Akal Mariada. Mariyadha. The, you know, the Mariada formed by the SGPC and the Kalis at Akal tak That was another solid round of victory as well. uh
1: do you okay uh, I have a question yep do you think that with the demise of uh, uh chabbar and the main leaders what could have been achieved was left unachieved
0: <clears throat> I guess one thing you need to realize is that these individuals who formed the Khalidal, the, the core of it these were later sidelined by the likes of Master Tara Singh and Sant Fate Singh. Yep. And if I remember correctly, there was actually a law in the SGPC and the Akali uh, Charters, which prevented one from actually participating in the other. So if you were a SGPC member, you couldn't become an Akali. And if you were in Akali, you couldn't become an SGPC member. There was actually a law down there as well. But I guess the ultimate failing was that they were sidelined no one's actually looked at why they were sidelined how they were sidelined and what happened after they were sidelined uh
1: because from what i know the entire movement was to reform sikhi and uh you know to, to preach what sikhi actually was but given the control of the gurdwaras uh how do i say if you drop a single drop of cold water into boiling milk it cools down yes so that's that's what I mean when I say that more could have been achieved that was left unachieved.
0: That's right. Now, if you look at it in the past few days, social media is full of this thing that seeks, you know, the way it said is mercilessly kicked idols out from the Darbar side. They have no respect for our religion. They have no respect for the gurus. The truth is altogether something different. Yeah. What Mercilessly. Mercilessly what happened in Nankana Sahib, the truth is altogether different from what is being said today, that the months were a positive fixture of the karma. I think what we need to realize is that same as back then, even today, Sikhs are being bombarded with this alternative facts, with an alternative truth. But... The Sikhs were proactive, they never stood for it, they took a stand against it and they fought tooth and claw. Now the name Akali was to read from the Kali Patrika which was being published at the time and the Kali Patrika, mind you if you read the records which are you know, preserved today, they would judici- judiciously just eviscerate any argument made against the Sikhs. So those were the intellectual Akalis, then you had the you know, front lines like Jabbar, there was there was you can say a utility of every skill and talent available to these individuals, but they were more than ready to, you know, divide their efforts. They marched divided but fought united. You know, if you were a intellectual, you headed the intellectual thing. If you were a frontline fighter, you went to the frontline. Today we don't have the distribution of labor. And I think that's what we discussed on Discord as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: We just don't have that, you know, distribution of labor. Now, it's pretty easy to read about Kana, become emotional, read about Jabbar, become emotional, you know, be inspired. It's the nitty-gritty, the technical aspects, the down-to-earth, minute-to-minute organizational details which no one wants to read about. <clears throat> now, if we do find out how these things work, we can have success today as well. But the first thing is that it's the same with the missile, Sardars. If you worship the past, you will commit the same mistakes as happened in the past. And that's what we are seeing today as well. No one wants to admit that there were failures in the past. Rather, everyone wants to say there was a success. And the same failures which happened back then, we refuse to learn from them. We repeat them today.
1: Well, I I think... uh... This habit of never admitting that you were wrong, it's its part of uh, Punjabi behavior, and, and, and unfortunately, it has crept into Sikhi. It,
0: it has crept into Sikhi as well. Now, take, for example, the Gurdwara thing. You had a centralized structure. You had the local Sangat. I mean, if you look at it today, the main revenue for Gurdwaras is the counterparts, right? Uh,
1: yeah, you could say that, yeah.
0: Now the maryada we have says that her counterparts can't be done for financial purposes.
1: Well, mariada goes out of the window, thrown out the window when you have some pockets to line.
0: And the fact is that you know it was similar when the kalis were in control, except the gurdwaras under their control. What they used to do was they used to enforce their maryada there. Today, you can go to every gurdwara in the world and pick up a, a, a copy of the khalta mariada. But rarely will you see any Gurdwara where it's enforced.
1: Uh, Not many, I would say. Yeah, true.
0: Yep, It's just another document. And that's the thing to start with. If someone wants to organize themselves to clean up Gurdwara today, you have the law, you have quite a lot of things rather than resorting to violence. But remember, you have to enforce parameters and you would have to enforce them on your own people as well.
1: Yep, charity begins at home.
0: Charity begins at home. Jabbar's primary target was his own village, Gurdwaras. That's where he started off from. Now, getting back to what happened in Sakkan and Ghana. So far, I've seen no manuscript, no book, nothing where the names of all those martyrs are remembered. This is February. It happened in February. How many people actually celebrate these or observe these, you know, anniversaries in Gurdwaras?
1: None, mate. Nobody. Nobody actually knows what happened. They, if you ask them when did it happen, they, they won't be able to name the decade, let alone the century. Or, let, alone, or sorry, let alone the date or the month.
0: Date or the month. And I mean, I mean, if you look at the that movie which came out a few years back, directed by Mandeep, Benny Paul, Sakan and Kana, there were people saying that, oh, we only learned about this period in our history because of that movie. Can you believe that intense stupidity? Is that what those people died for?
1: Well, along the same lines, you, you have to remember that there was a movie about ch- Chote out there, and everybody was taking their kids to the to watch the movies. Like, couldn't you te- teach your own children about what happened to the Savvas in your own home?
0: Mm-hmm. And Gyani Parminder Singh, who is not a well known Pracharic, he's actually from one of those Sikh missionary colleges. I was in the Sangat when he recounted this us, and he actually told us something that there are pictures available as well, but they're only in Gurmukhi books. Pictures of Sikhs holding the skulls and the remains of the people killed therein. Unfortunately, you will never find those pictures in Gurdwaras and no one so far has taken the seva of translating those books into English.
1: In my entire life, I've never ever seen a single picture of babanak farming in any god world across the world in wherever i went
0: yep so let alone these pictures we are talking about which were done when we had the camera yep and another aspect i guess down here to remember is that their descendants are still alive no one has gone to track them down and ask them how those individuals live daily what inspiration we can take from their jivan And it's the same with the Vada Kalukara as well. No one knew knew about that as well. So these are anniversaries which we need to mark, which we need to remember because they form a salient aspect of our history and who we are ourselves.
1: Not just history, it's 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 a it's a great point of learning. It is. You know why it happened, how it happened, what what led to the kalukara what happened afterwards, how did we recover. It's a massive, how do I say, it's a massive volume to learn.
0: Hmm. Okay, so I've just received a message and this is what it says, that if, you know, preachers start talking about this in Gurdwaras, then the snowflakes would be exposed that Gurdwaras are divine. Why wasn't Vajra able to save, you know, the people from being massacred in Namkana Sahib? The reality is that Gurdwaras are only divine in so much as we use them for the purpose of unity and selfless seva. Otherwise, there is nothing to distinguish them from another building. This is a message I just received. If preachers started talking about Sakan and Kana, they would have to say that the Kalis went to liberate Gurdwara's. But today we are being told that She sings protect Gurdwara's, so why would they need to be liberated? They will be fully exposed if they start talking about it.
1: Well, I agree with the person who sent the message to you. <laughs> that's the reality.
0: <laughs> the, the, that's a true reality. So, on that issue to conclude as a recap, if you would like to add in something, then surely do so. But the reality is that essentially research Sikh history, but research it for yourself and research it through many avenues of uh, his, uh, I guess of study because people today have a habit of just looking up, you know, anything on the internet and saying, Okay, what's a good Sikh history book? They'll be told Koshvant Singh Kosh Singh skips over this issue, but Vant Singh skips over it. Only Sangat Singh and a few historians like him actually go into any detail in this issue of the Sakhanankana Mazaka.
1: Yep, and uh, I think the, the most famous or the most widespread source of Sikh history today is YouTube, I think.
0: Yes, that is Now, as Veer Papindar Singh said, in Gurdwara's Pracharak should be talking about the Guru Granth Sahib, the message of Guru Granth Sahib. As for histories, these should be done in Gurdwara libraries. So, now, given the fact that this current generation is pretty stuffed up, we might as well start training our kids for the future. The kids need to know why these events happened and what Sakana and Kana was.
1: How many kudras have you seen with the library?
0: I've only seen four in my life.
1: I've seen uh, two.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean... As they were asking last time on Discord, well, a good starting point would be to try, you know, lobbying for a library in your Gurdwara. That's a starting point for today's Akalis.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and within a year, all your books are going to be missing.
0: Well, (laughs) there's another uh, problem they need to start thinking about as well. We need to inspire people to read. You know, how the Akali started was that people actually read what their ideas were, what their concepts were, what their aims and goals and mission was.
1: Well, you, you have to, to be prepared you know, It's not like just some lightning strikes you had and suddenly you become a revolutionary.
0: Mm-hmm. You have to be prepared for the ultimate sacrifice like Lachman Sengdaro Valia was.
1: Well, I think everybody at that time was, but that guy actually made it. Well, not intentionally, I would say. But he was pre- prepared for it. Yeah. And that's the main point.
0: And I guess when we talk about Lachman Singh, that Shabad comes to mind, you know, Sura so pechaniye jar lare din ke het, purja purja kat mare That was Lachman Singh, he played the game of love. He walked with his cease on his tali.
1: Now, now to, uh, to make a last point from my side, you yeah. have to remember that these people the state was against them? Yes. The Pujari system was against them, the police was against them, they, they didn't have the backing of money and everything, but still, through their sheer determination, they succeeded.
0: Yes, yes, they did.
1: So they succeeded against all odds? They did. And that adds to another glorious chapter in Sikh history.
0: A chapter which has been hidden for up till now, but we will work towards revealing it fully. Yes, we will. We will. Thank you for joining us.